Hi, welcome to another episode of Tech Bytes, the ServiceNow podcast that helps you use the product better, faster, and more efficiently. We're very happy to be back and have our first recording for 2016. Today, I'm very pleased to have two guests. I have Caesar Sandoval here. Hi, Caesar. Hello. Uh, Caesar is a customer support staff engineer here at ServiceNow and has been with us for five and a half years. Yes. He's got a lot of time on the ground. A dinosaur in ServiceNow years. A dinosaur. You don't look like a dinosaur, though, Caesar. And we also have Brian Barnard on the phone. Hi, Brian. Hello. Brian is an integrations product manager, and he's been with us almost one year now, Brian? Yep. It'll be a year in March. So I'm still a baby compared to Caesar here, but, you know, I've got some legs underneath me now. That's good. Very good. We are talking about an exciting new feature in the Geneva release today. Brian and Caesar are going to help us understand scripted REST APIs for creating a custom REST API inside your scoped applications. This is a big new feature in Geneva, so I'm pleased that they can give us a little bit of background information about this. Brian, I'm going to throw it over to you first if you want to give us a a little introduction to scripted REST APIs. Sure, I'd be happy to. So scripted REST APIs are a new feature we brought out in Geneva and we're really excited to get them out there. I'm really excited to get them out there because before I was at uh, ServiceNow, I was actually a customer and I was looking for this feature and, and wanted this feature for building some integrations I was working on previously. And so we brought scripted REST APIs out with Geneva really to help customers be able to build their own REST APIs on ServiceNow. And essentially these REST APIs that they can build now uh, allow them to use configuration and some scripting to to build their own custom interface that lends itself to you know restful web services, which is uh, you know not official a standard but more of a, a convention for how to build web services. And with scripts REST APIs, they can can go in ServiceNow and uh, you know start that up and by via configuration, uh, creating records and you know uh, configuring their data model, decide what. Um, endpoints they want to create, they can use custom paths, custom path parameters, and they can also leverage the uh, the HTTP verbs that you expect to use with with REST APIs. We'll go into more of the, uh, more detail in a moment in a moment here. But then Caesar, I also want to give you a chance. So that that's my perspective, having been a customer and from the product management side. But from your perspective, dealing with customers and support every day, you know, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, what what you're excited about scripted REST APIs. Well. Um... Before I put my support hat, let me put my developer hat in. I was a Java developer in my previous life. And uh, this particular feature actually, um, as a developer, makes me really excited. It pretty much opens up our platform to virtually anything that a customer or a developer can think of. Let's keep in mind, we, uh, REST is not new in Geneva. We had REST prior to Geneva, but we can only do updates. Um, we can add data. Uh, we can get records. And that's about it um, on the tables. And that was available out of the box. Fairly easy to use. What this adds is, is constraints that developers had with that basic REST prior and Fuji and, and, and prior releases. Um, it actually gives us, for example, let me just, maybe maybe it's better if I just come up with an example. If a customer wants to get data from multiple tables in one REST call, with script REST APIs, they can do that now. 
And they could not do that before because they were restricted. They were restricted. Exactly. They could do that um, with uh, scripted SOAP web services. But what we found out with SOAP, it is uh, a very a, a little bit cumbersome to set up and to use. REST is, is, is a lot easier. Yeah, I would, I would second that. So, I mean, developers, what we found today is developers are starting to expect REST APIs. Uh, the term, even when you say APIs more and more frequently, the expectation is there's going to be RESTful APIs. <clears throat> and a lot of times this means that people are expecting to have uh, HTTP verbs to be lined up with actions that are going to be exposed via an API, as well as to, to speak JSON in their format for requests and responses. And we provided that with, I guess, the best way to, to, to refer to them is our platform REST APIs in the past uh, to deal with table data in ServiceNow and also some aggregate data and import. And those, those platform REST APIs are really our table APIs, our import set APIs, our aggregate APIs, and also new with Geneva was our attachment API. And those are APIs that we yeah, ServiceNow provide. The scripted REST APIs, to put them in context, is really they let customers build their own REST API on the platform. And I'm glad you brought it up, Caesar. So in the past, we did have scripted SOAP web services. Uh, these did provide you some ability to, to create a custom interface that spoke SOAP and have a WSDL. Uh, what we're seeing more and more, like I mentioned before, is people are expecting REST APIs. The minute you as a developer wanted to build a REST API on ServiceNow, your own custom REST API, the only path you could take would be use a, a custom processor. Custom processors give you a lot of power, but they're, they're, um, they, uh, with that power comes a lot of uh, responsibility. And in addition, we didn't have sort of first-class documentation or uh, scriptable objects to, to support you using those processors. People oftentimes fumble with that. And I think you can back me up on that, Caesar. when you hear questions uh, from customers. I know I ask questions a lot of times about processors. Whereas with scripted REST APIs, not only do we want to give you the ability to, to have we given the ability to build a, a REST API, have a custom path, custom path parameters, query parameters, um, support for versioning and security. But we've also given you first class uh, JavaScript scriptable objects. What I mean by that is you know, we've added ServiceNow API, uh, added to the ServiceNow API. So for instance, in a scripted REST API, you can say request, and that request object will have properties uh, and that request object in scope for you when you're you're scripting in a scripted REST API, and you can get access to the the properties of the request that that was received by ServiceNow. So you can get access to the URL, you can get access to the path parameters, you can get access to the the payload and the body, and then use that information easily to you know write the logic of your um, of your application or of the interface for your application. And I'll touch on that in a, in a minute here. In uh, in turn, we also give you a response object that gives you properties and methods that explicitly let you deal with the response that's going to be sent back to the requester. You know, a lot of times you want to, as an API creator, you want to A, have a format for your API. You want to have some documentation for that. You want to have your logic that, that works based on the input that came in. And then you want to give back a, a formatted response that meets the, the needs of your requester and have the ability to do that um, completely custom. Uh, whereas in the, the platform APIs, you know, we've dictated what that response is going to be. But in Script the REST APIs, you can do that. And one thing I want to also mention, you're going to see this in Geneva uh, more and more places, not just Script the REST APIs. But in those script blocks, when you type in you know, request dot or response dot, you're also going to get autocomplete. So we've made it really easy for you to see what properties and methods are available to you because we're giving you that, that autocomplete with some metadata when you hover so that you can understand you know, how those should be used. 
we think that's going to be really helpful. Um, we mentioned something key earlier about people putting these scripted REST APIs inside scoped applications, and that is completely possible. But I just I want to add to that, you can also have these scripted REST APIs be part of global applications. Now, what's the use case where they would be in a scoped application? That brings up some, some really interesting use cases. So more and more when people build applications these days, they expect to have a an API or a web API interface as well as a UI, a user interface, like a graphical user interface. So for instance, say I was building an application in ServiceNow and it was going to be used to track, and I, I'm struggling, I'm not a creative person, so I'm going to say movie rentals, right? So I'm going to have some movies. And I wanted to uh, to have my graphical representation and this would have some forms. Uh, I'd have in a form where I could enter some data. Maybe I'd have a... Um, a service catalog uh, item where I could go and you know request to, to rent that movie that would give me my user interface, a graphical user interface. But then if somebody wanted to build an integration with me and I wanted to afford them a custom API, provide them with a custom API that didn't make them uh, require them to know about the names of my fields in the uh, in the tables behind movies or know that I had you know two tables that actually made up those movie records, maybe one for actors and one for uh, the actual movie titles. Instead, I want to give them an API that gives them operations that are things like rent movie instead of you know insert movie, right? Insert movie is very specific to like you're interacting with a database level. And if you create a custom scripted REST API, you could create an API that gave you operations such as rent movie. And it it received a request that you know only took in the, was the normal amount of data that was necessary and then gave back a custom response. So if you wanted to to combine both the actor information, uh, the status of that movie having been rented or not, as well as some additional metadata in that response, you could do that uh, using scripted REST APIs. Or if you wanted to come up with a, an API that was part of the movie's rental application API that also gave actor information back, you could come up with a, a specific uh, operation in your script REST API that gave back that type of, of a response that, that your app needed or the people that were writing clients that were going to integrate with your app needed. And that could be part of your scoped app. So it could be versioned. You could work on it in the studio. Uh, you could set protection policies on it so that people could you know, not change it. It could be read-only. And that could be deployed because it's a scoped app. It could be deployed via the store or via you know, the app repos that allow you to use the new, uh, new method for deploying applications on, on ServiceNow instances instead of update sets. So it's very, it's very powerful. It sounds like you can do almost anything that your brain can, can think up. Yeah, I mean, it really gives you a lot of power and ability to, to create a custom um, web API on ServiceNow. And, uh, and you know, there are some limitations, but we've really given you a lot of flexibility and, uh, and ability to access what we think you're going to need to from those requests and those responses. We've tried to be as simple as possible in naming our, our objects that you interact with from the, the JavaScript side. So instead of something like, you know, SC underscore processor request, just in, when you're in those script blocks, you get to use request and response. We also give you some, uh, some helper error objects. <clears throat> so if you want to send back an error message and have it be standardized, you can see those. I would, I would suggest you go to our, our product docs for those. And uh, Suzanne, I think there's going to be links with this podcast. So we'll give you links to all our product docs where you can go and find out more information about the details and the meat of Script REST APIs. And also, you know, if you don't have Geneva yet and you're, you're dying to see these, we have our developer program and we really encourage people to go out there, get yourself a personal instance, get it on Geneva and go ahead and start working with scripted REST APIs in that in the instance. I want to talk a little bit about the versioning 
abilities in the scripted REST APIs. I, I know the scripted REST APIs can be versioned, and that allows customers to test and deploy changes without impacting existing integrations. Can you talk a little bit more about how the versioning works? We added support for versioning here. Versioning is a pretty popular um, topic when it comes to REST APIs. People are very uh, opinionated about how this should be done. And we wanted to give flexibility. Essentially, it's, it's better to give an example or to provide some context about what that means. So I could have a, a version one of my API and I require you know to rent a movie. Let's go back to my horrible movie example. To rent a movie, all you have to give is the name, right? And if the, if the status of that movie is checked in, uh, this is all fictional. Uh, then you know you'd get a response that said, "Okay, you checked it out." And you had would have given some of your uh, your authorization and authentication credentials as part of that, so we'd know to check it out for you. And then we decide that later on we actually want to want to have you provide additional data, right? So maybe not just your name, but also uh, your membership ID. We've our our application has matured, but we've got customers that have already built integrations that don't provide that, and we don't want to call them, uh, have to wait for everybody to upgrade their clients. And in this case, the client isn't just a, a user, uh, a human that's clicking a, a user interface. In this case, the client is a, uh, an application that somebody wrote, right? A client that's, they programmed it. Um, it's expecting a certain interface. It only knows to provide certain data. Uh, and yet we want to release version two of our API uh, or our app or that specific endpoint. So with versioning, what you can do in script REST APIs is decide to create a new version of your uh, of your endpoints. And what it's gonna do is it'll automatically copy all of the uh, initial versions of your endpoints, create you know, additional ones, but that version now becomes part of the path, right? So when you make that request to, you know, uh, acme.servicenow.com slash your custom script rest API path and parameter. There will there will always be you can always use the a v1 or a v2 or whatever versions you have in that path to direct that request to a specific version of the endpoint. But then you as the API uh, designer in ServiceNow can specify that a certain version should be the default, right? So you could say, hey, version one is going to be my default. If somebody does not specify the version in the path then I'm gonna route that request to the default. In my case, maybe the default is the, the version of the endpoint that doesn't require the membership ID. But if somebody wants to use version two, right? Say I have new clients, I could say, hey, include V2 in that path and your request will be routed to, to V2. That way you can um, actually change and iterate your application uh, that is a script REST API or a script REST API, a portion of your application without breaking all of your existing integration clients. Right, and you still you still have to be cognizant of you know, the way you're writing that script and, and what you're requiring, but you can have a way via configuration to control routing and route requests based on the version that's in that path. So we think that'll be really helpful for people and give them the flexibility they need. One thing in addition is that if people want to say, you know, I don't want any default uh, version, I want to make people explicitly request a version of that API endpoint when they make that request, then we also give that functionality too. You can turn off you know, the, the default request routing to a version, and then the requesters always have to enter that, that version information. And these are some, some feedback we've gotten from people that are building APIs that want to have that functionality. They're really happy to have that, that flexibility to A, have defaults, or B, you know, require people to explicitly uh, state what version of an endpoint they want to request when they do make those requests.
Um, I want to toss it over to to Caesar now because uh, we get to have you put your developer hat on and your customer support extraordinaire hat on. Um, if people want to start using the scripted REST APIs, can you give them any best practices or tips and tricks so they start off right and they create elegant APIs and they don't have to call and get frantic help for them? Yes, um, I believe. Well, actually, it's a good thing that Brian just ended with versioning because I'll start with versioning. That's an excellent <laughs> segue. Um, you, if if it is best practice, and I recommend strongly recommend to start with version one. Um, uh, not to use a default. Using a default, then uh, uh, then there's a question mark by the uh, the the developer that's writing an application that's consuming your 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 service. A question mark meaning uh, well, which version am I using? If you start from the get go with v version one on your path, usually looks like uh, slash v one slash. Um, then th then there will be no question about it that that's the service you will always get and it will never change on you. So that would be uh, my recommendation. It is very easy to forget about versioning when you create your first one. Uh, you're, I guess, very excited to create your own uh, scripted REST API. You, you, you publish it, and, and then once people start using it, then you remember uh, you did not publish the, the version number. So um, that, that is that is uh, one uh, thing that I recommend. Another thing that I would recommend is to think about permissions. Uh, you do not want you do not want other people um, or people that are not intended uh, to use your 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 scripted uh, REST API. You may inadvertently uh, publish sensitive data. So always from the very beginning start thinking about uh, locking down sensitive data. And we do provide with our scripted REST API the ability to assign roles um, to to our scripted API. So only users with a certain role can use that scripted API. Very easy to, to use. Um, uh, the third one, I say, uh, best uh, a, a third best practice uh, is to use uh, the documentation feature on our scripted uh, REST API. Again, you might be, and I'm probably using myself as, as an example. <laughs> uh, I might be too excited to publish this this brand new scripted REST API that provides very cool functionality, and documentation just sits on the wayside, I guess. Um, it is very important to document the scripted REST API because you want people to use this. If, if, if this was something that you were publishing to the, I'm speaking in general terms, to the, to, to the world, then you want people to use it. But in the ServiceNow uh, world, you maybe you don't want anyone to use it, but specific users. But those specific users that will use it, you want them to have good documentation. The more documentation you have, and again, we do provide that ability on our uh, on our form when you're creating your scripted uh, REST API to uh, to document uh, what each function does, what to expect uh, as a response, and what the function is expecting as input. So I guess those are the three things that I I would recommend. The one thing I want to add from what Caesar's saying about that documentation is, you know, we have provided fields on when you define your scripted REST API, both at the API level and the the endpoint or resource level, and that documentation you put there 
will be exposed in the REST API Explorer. And I want to make sure we mention the REST API Explorer. This function that came out in Fuji, uh, and the REST API Explorer really lets people you know, discover and then you know, test our, our REST APIs. And not only do we support our platform APIs, I mentioned earlier, like the table and the import set and the, the uh, aggregate and attachment in the REST API Explorer, but we also support the scripted REST APIs. So that really means that as an API designer, by default, you automatically get support for that API in the REST API Explorer. So you know, what does that really mean? So in the past, you may have said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this API and I'm going to write some static documentation. And this documentation is going to live over my wiki. And you know, people can go look at it, but when they look at the documentation, you know, all they really get to see is look at the documentation. So think about what this means. And this is a pretty common use case for people that are building clients or trying to make calls and build integrations with APIs. Usually people have two screens, not to call anybody out there. Maybe you got one giant screen and you're a developer. But you have two screens and on your left screen, you've got documentation. Uh, pretty plain old documentation. The right screen, you've got maybe uh, an ID or maybe you're writing some code that's going to make an HTTP request. And you sit there and you try to get your HTTP request that's the format that you need for that request that you've seen from the documentation. And maybe you get some error messages back. And finally, you, after three or four requests, you come up with the right format. And then you decide to, to write that code. Sounds, you know, sounds pretty normal. A lot of people wouldn't balk at that. However, what the API Explorer allows you to do is it knows about ServiceNow. It allows you to select a ServiceNow API. And then it will ask you for the inputs that it needs for that operation you've specified. So what do I mean by operation? Uh, for a one of our, our platform REST APIs, like the table API, one of the operations is to get records. And you would choose a table that you want to get records from. For a scripted REST API, those operations, you would choose the, the API by name, and then you choose the operation, which is uh, some of the resources that you've specified in your scripted REST API. And then it would ask you for the inputs that are necessary. So if it's a if it's a GET request and there's actually no mandatory inputs, you could literally go ahead and click send. And from your web browser, without having to have any special tooling up or an IDE, you can actually send that request to the, uh, the REST API on that instance of ServiceNow. And what you're going to see immediately is you're going to see some details about the request, including you know, the headers and the path, uh, the URL, um, any type of parameters, and even the body. If you sent a body in, say it was a post, and then you're also going to see the response, right, right there from within ServiceNow. So you didn't have to you know, write any code to make that HTTP request. You didn't have to open a third-party tool uh, using the REST API Explorer, which already knew. Uh, context of the API you're calling to in ServiceNow, it knows the instance, it can build that URL for you and help you to send that request quickly. And once you've done that, you know, what would be my next step? I go and I'd be trying to copy that information out of that screen, but I'm taking it a step further because we provide um, snippet like code snippet generation for things like a curl request or a Python or a Perl, making a request using those languages to that API and uh, in the REST API Explorer. So we really want it to be the first place you go to to discover REST APIs on ServiceNow's platform, but also to use it with your scripted REST APIs. We think it's a really powerful feature. Just to you know bring that back to where we started on that, say I'm building an API, I create some documentation, but then I wanted to create something like a REST API Explorer. If I was doing this solo, I'd have to go stand up. That's a whole other website I'm going to build. That's a REST API Explorer that's going to be specific. It's like adding a second project to my my MVP of just having an API, but then making it discoverable. Instead, when you build this service now, you get this discovery feature for free, right? We wanted to build that in there. And this is becoming more and more common. 
you're going to see it on things like you know some of the, the other APIs out there that are provided by some of the social networking uh, services. It's pretty common to see these these REST API explorers, and we think developers are going to come to expect that. And we wanted to provide that tooling right at the get-go and give our customers the ability to provide that tooling to people that are going to integrate with their applications on ServiceNow. Those are those are excellent recommendations, and it, it's so helpful to start off right and not yeah. scramble and go back and 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 do these things after you've after you've published and and made it available. Uh, we we like to talk on the podcast about the underdog uh, feature or the underdog way of of using a feature. Is there is there something in scripted REST APIs that you want people to know that they can do with scripted REST APIs that might not be obvious? Is there a use for these that that is kind of creative that people might not think of initially? So um, the other thing I would encourage is, I think there's probably some people, maybe this fits the underdog portion a little better, that are, might be listening to this and saying, hey, you know, I don't know much about APIs, but I, somebody asked me to build an integration and I keep hearing about APIs and I'm trying to, to automate some processes. How do I get started with these? Um, and we we really want to push towards that that REST API Explorer as well. And I I, I use a, an LG. I'm a pretty impatient person um, in life, and I'm okay with that. Uh, some people around me might not think that's so great, but when it comes to learning things, you know, I want to press the buttons, right? I was a person who opened Lego box and and didn't read the instructions and just built what I wanted to and tried to get back to the picture on the box later on. But if I get into a car, I if I rent a car, I get in the car, I want to turn the radio on. I don't open the glove box and start reading instructions. I think I should just be able to press the buttons and, and get it on. And then if I want some advanced features later on to like, you know, set my favorites on the stations, I'll go look at the instructions. That's what we want the API Explorer to do for people too. You can say, hey, I want to build an integration with ServiceNow as REST APIs. How do I make a request? You can go there and, and start, you know, clicking the, the operation you want to make a request to and click send. And hopefully it's within a minute of going to the page and you're already seeing the request being built in the response coming back. It really helps you, um, you know, lower the hurdle to trying to start understanding what's happening. I think it's also important for people that may not be so familiar with these integrations that really these are HTTP requests. And it's all about creating the HTTP request that, that fits the right format, has the right uh, request, the right endpoint, right format, and then doing something with the response. And that REST API Explorer really gives you some more visibility into that. I think that's a really key feature just, I mean, for scripted REST APIs, but for any any type of uh, REST API integration that people might be building with ServiceNow. Good, thank you. Thank you for talking about that REST API e Explorer. I think that is uh, definitely something that people uh, can use and it can help organize, organize their work. Um, if people start using the scripted REST APIs, they've got the Geneva release, or as you said, they went and got a developer instance that's on Geneva and they're experimenting with these. We have our knowledge conference coming up again this year, Knowledge 2016. Um, what is going to be, do you have any idea yet, what is going to be available uh, at the conference for anyone that is interested in obtaining more information about scripted REST APIs or just, you know, maybe talking to other people in the ServiceNow community about what they're doing and how they're using it? Yeah, so we've got some really, really excited about Knowledge16. Uh, this is my second knowledge, uh, having been at the company, and we really want to get some some of this information out and, and share it with people and also create an environment where people can share this with each other and talk about what they're doing. So we've got the Knowledge16, uh, which is you know one of our knowledge conferences. 
always a lot of information there. And we'll be, uh, actually myself and, and some of the uh, the dev team that built Scoop the REST APIs and builds integration, will be giving uh, a couple presentations at that. You'll also be able to hear from customers that we've talked to that have used some of these, uh, these integration tools and have built integrations at Knowledge16. And then in addition, you know, this is our second year putting on a CreatorCon conference. And, uh, and at the CreatorCon conference, it's a, it's a little more geared towards developers uh, that are building things on top of ServiceNow. And we're going to be giving some presentations as well as workshops that use uh, first presentations about you know, what you can do, what people have done with Script REST APIs. In addition to that, we're going to talk about some sample applications we're building. So we're building some sample client apps uh, for things like mobile, also you know web, like a, a website type of client. Uh, and we'll be sharing the, the source code of those. Those will be example applications. We're going to give a presentation where we walk through that source code and, and talk about how these sample applications are interacting with ServiceNow to really expose uh, how easy it can be for people to connect their applications to ServiceNow via these integrations. And then we'll be doing some workshops where we cover some of this functionality. And in addition, this year, we're trying to do uh, for the first time somewhat of a a uh, birds of a feather or an unconference uh, part of the creator con where we're going to have some uh, areas set aside we'll have tables we'll have some topics defined uh, ahead of time but then we'll also give attendees the the ability to define the topic they want to talk about at some of these areas and gather together uh, with other attendees and also with some product manager of service now potentially and any of the other staff that's there and talk about a topic so for instance somebody could could decide they want to raise a topic and talk about you know building integration with azure using rest and then actually have uh, other attendees at CreatorCon that are, that are like-minded uh, or completely not like-minded but interested in the topic to to talk and, and learn about that do some networking share some information potentially build contacts that can they can use later on to ask questions to or, or get feedback from it's also a great opportunity for people to get uh, to, to meet people and get familiar with people that are, are at ServiceNow, product managers like myself, uh, developers that are building this stuff every day. Uh, we want and need feedback, and we also want to hear how people are using our, our tools. So we're really excited. That'll be the first time we're doing that at CreatorCon, the sort of unconference portion of it. And we're also amping up all the material to, to give a, more material than we gave last year at CreatorCon, some better presentations, uh, additional workshops. We think it'll be a really great opportunity for um, for developers, for people that are actually uh, putting apps in the store, people that are interested in becoming developers and working in ServiceNow. So we really hope to see a CreatorCon this year. Yeah, CreatorCon is going to be big this year. It it It's only going to be, like you said, the second year of doing it, but it was so successful last year that I know there are a lot of people uh, building it up this year and, and adding new topics and new ways for people to communicate. So I want to thank both of you. Thank you, Brian, for all of the information and for dialing in with us today. Really happy to be here. Thank you for, for allowing us to get get here and, and kind of spread the word and get people information about Script REST APIs. We're really excited about them. Uh, you know, we also are going to have some content that'll be on the, the, the community uh, where the, you can find this podcast. Really encourage you to take a look there. There's some a product documentation links for Script REST APIs. There's some blog post links to people that have blogged about using Script REST APIs and other developer features that were part of Geneva. There's also a link to a webinar that I gave recently about uh, Script REST APIs and some other integration features that are new for Geneva. And there's links to a demo Script REST API that's available on uh, on Share uh, Share.ServiceNow.com that people can pull down, put into their instance, and uh, and quickly start using and have a sort of a demo Script REST API that can they can use for reference and get up and running. 
Yes, lots of additional information out there. A big thank you also to Caesar for his wisdom and best practices and tips and tricks. My pleasure. Thank you, Caesar. Uh, as Brian said, uh, we are posting lots of links to additional information about scripted REST APIs, product documentation, Brian's webinar, the high knowledge base, and the ServiceNow community. So for more information about scripted REST APIs, check those places. And thank you for listening to another episode of ServiceNow Tech Bytes.